Cinema Think Tank podcast. Okay, um, so welcome to another one of our episodes. I, I am Alex. Wow, I don't know why I paused, but I am Alex. With me is Cabello. Uh, today we will be talking about One Night in Miami. This, just as a heads up, it is a spoiler-filled discussion. There is no way we could talk about this movie without spoiling some stuff. So, if you haven't seen the movie, you should probably see it because it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, Amazon Prime Video, so just get that free trial or maybe you have it already. Who knows? So, just check it out and come back to this review. And yeah, here are thoughts. But uh, before then, I would like to... Okay, so... We sort of talked about how um, this we're doing this film, the review of this film, because it's Black History Month. So one question that I had for you, Gabriel, is that, um, <laughs> you know, we are from South Africa, right? And I don't know if like a Black History Month in South Africa means anything or February as Black History Month means anything if at all I, what do you think I about think, this well it's interesting right because we come from south african it's a black majority country right and black history month as we know it uh, essentially well uh, comes from the u.s uh, so it's february and they celebrate black history um throughout the month and i just found out last year actually that the uk also has a, a Black History Month, but in November, right? So what it means in in South Africa generally is that we get to experience it at the same time as the Americans. So um, our TVs are filled with um, entertainment from America, Black uh, specifically, right? I remember the Taraji P. Henson Stara, Remember that movie that they did about two years ago? It uh, Proud premiered Mary. here in, uh, in South Africa um, in during Black History Month, which is which is February. Um, I forget the name of the movie, but it's a space. Uh, it's about the black hidden black figures. Women in, in, hidden, hidden figures, fig- yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, so what it means? It means that we are celebrating with the Americans, but for us, we can say Black History Month is every day right because we yeah we live in a black majority country and we celebrate our history um i i can say daily but there is a a level of american um like the things that america does actually fits into our stuff so a lot of um american celebrations have have become a bit subsumed into 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 the South African psyche. Case in point, you know things like Halloween and the stuff like that. So, um, I I wouldn't say. Wait, who celebrates Halloween in South Africa? Have you have you seen anybody yeah, do a, a that? A couple of people, a couple of people actually do uh, do uh, celebrate it, but it's very it's a minority. Uh, we celebrate mostly Guy Fawkes, which is on the fifth um, of November. Not essentially Halloween, but there are some people who who do go out and um, dress up in uh, costumes, um, you know, most glaringly, actually, but it came out way before Halloween, um, uh, Black Panther, right? So so, so to answer your question, I think it um, it doesn't mean, I wouldn't say it means as much as, as it does in America, but it's um, a reflection, of course, and, and, a, and a chance for us to learn about uh, Black American history specifically because... Um, we don't know much about the, we don't know much about Black American history, yeah. Oh, oh, of course, of course. Um, so what have you been watching lately? Oh yeah, uh, One Night in Miami, of course. Living single course. again, yeah. Living single. I'm I'm on season three now, so it's basically a rewatch, um, of Living Single. And I saw little things this morning actually, um, uh, the the Denzel Washington and um, Remy Malik and um. Jay Leno? Jared Leno, sorry. Um, <laughs> Jay um, Leno, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to confuse him with the um, with the night uh, host, right? So so I, I don't want to make, like, I don't want to mix up Jay, Jared Leno with Jay Leno. 
the nighttime host. But um, what have you been watching, Alex? Um, wow. So a couple of days ago was my birthday, right? And I feel like I have dedicated the happy birthday, Alex. Happy 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 birthday from us at the Skip Play Online and the Cinema Think Tech. Um. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um. So I think like uh, in the coming days after my birthday, I decided that I uh, hi. Hey, I'm not gonna do anything really. I'm just going to watch movies and sleep. Watch movies. Sleep. I don't know. And so I have been watching a lot of things that I may have just forgotten some of them. But uh, I'll tell you this. I saw uh for the first yeah the five episode of. The first five episode of the second season of, um, of Search Party, because uh, I was bored, and I actually um didn't okay 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 I wasn't gonna watch it, but I actually have rectify right, uh but like I didn't have data right because I missed. I have one episode missing on my collection, right? So I didn't have data or the means to uh, to get an episode of Rectify. So I was like, wait, should I just skip this episode or should I watch something else? And I was like, oh, I, I think I have something a little bit less darker. And such party came to mind. I was like, oh, I should probably check that out. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, let's check that out. And I checked it out. It's... Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I'd say is that I I find that um <laughs> that opening theme very annoying, uh, as annoying as the opening sequence actually of P Valley. I don't like that opening sequence. It irks me. I don't know why, but it just feels like something I don't want to see. I used to skip it when I was watching P Valley. Like skip that thing and move on and watch the show. I know what. Yeah, I know why so, you don't like the the themes. They're not from HBO shows. Oh my god! Oh, speaking of HBO, I have been watching. I've seen two episodes or three. I'm not sure. Of the third day, um, it's a Jude Law starring co-production of, uh, co-production with, uh, Sky, um. It's Sky, Sky Studios or Sky, Sky in in the UK. Yeah, Sky. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess you could say Sky Studios, um, because they do have uh, studios actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, one thing I'd say about that show is that it's the most expressionistic thing I have seen since uh Fargo season four. I mean, like it's wow. more expressionistic than Fargo season four. I, wow. I'd say. So, wow. That is some. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, that doesn't order. mean it's good, but it doesn't mean it's good. But I admire the vision behind the show because you you can feel that there's a vision behind this show and there's intentionality behind it. And okay. yeah, um, of course, I've seen one episode of of Southland. I can't say much about that. I really fun stuff. Southland is good. Um, um yeah i enjoy i enjoy yeah, it what else have i seen i uh, of course rectify which i think is just one of the most different american shows american show out there it's so different than anything you could ever expect it to be uh really it's so i want to say meditative because uh, it's slow and you, you're just slow. watching these characters um just talk there really isn't anything stylistic i was actually watching it and looking at the way it's shot it's just shot so traditionally but it keeps you there it just keeps you there and each frame feels intentional i am a fan i'm a fan i i wasn't i didn't think i'd be this much of a fan but turns out yay i i love the show I love the show. The Sundance channel actually gave us that show. I, you could have asked me actually. I I had seen the the first season and I think the first episode of the second season. Um, I stopped watching it because um, 
I don't know actually why I stopped watching. I guess something else catched my um my attention, but I will be revisiting it now, uh, seeing as you like it, actually. I'll rectify the fact that I haven't finished um, the three seasons of Rectify. Okay, okay. <laughs> See what you did there? Forced. But it's forced, but I had to. Oh, well, I only spoke about I only spoke about television here, but I also saw Love Us Rock, right? Yes, the, from Small X, uh, right? Stephen, Steve McQueen uh, film. Um, yeah, you saw that. Nothing much I can say about that. Um just see it and you'll form an opinion on what you think it is um uh yeah i think that's about it let's get into one okay. night in miami okay so yeah let, let, let's get into it i'll start so one night in miami then is uh set on the I actually forgot the day, actually. And I, and I don't think it's really important to know the date specifically because you can Wikipedia it, search it, Google it and stuff. But it is the day, or the night rather, that um, uh, Cassius Clay, then known as uh, Cassius Clay, the boxer known as Cassius Clay then, uh, wins the fight against uh, Sandy Liston, right? And he is um, a, a big talker, smooth talker. And basically there are murmurs that um, he started hip-hop, right? But anyway, so he what? wins, oh. and um, yeah, like okay. Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali's um, sort of like approach um, was is known as basically the um, the genesis of hip hop. You know, the bragging, braggadocious. You know, the rhyming, um, the ironic uh, stuff. The name calling, basically. So, um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Some scholars okay. say um, learning something, like, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some scholars actually traced it to, uh, to to Muhammad Ali. So the the film actually follows four four black prominent stars in Sam Cooke, uh, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, and um, Jim Brown. I, I call I call them stars because they were quite popular at at a particular point. And I think M- Malcolm X at the time was maybe the most pol- most popular one. Uh, because he was in the nation of Islam, and it follows the the time before, or rather, it, the movie takes place before he actually quits, um, you know, the nation of Islam, and the um, sequences in the in, in the in the movie where they actually show the stations of Muhammad Ali, of Jim Brown. Uh, Jim Brown's um, introduction is particularly interesting to me because he is praised uh, for being the the fastest you know nfl player at the time and yet he's not um given the chance to go inside a house uh by this um you know closet racist white man um essentially then malcolm x is shown after um, after a speech where he was saying that uh the assassination of the jeff jfk the president president jfk was um chicken coming to roost and the yeah the movie is shot interestingly because there's a there's a bed's eye view right uh some shots are like bed's eye view and then they 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 team up the stars sometimes so you get jim brown with malcolm x you get some cook with muhammad ali so you have this two you know, two times two, then you have them, have four of them together in the room. And there, there are quite, there are some quite interesting discussions. A meditation on, on fame, for instance, a meditation on the black artist and what, what, or, or rather whether they should stand for something. I found that very interesting. And then I, I looked at that in comparison to, to last year's, uh, you know, protest about, you know, Black Lives Matter. And some stuff like that. So I'm not going to mention everything here, Alex. But what did you think of the movie, actually? Because for me, when I was watching it, I was disappointed to a uh, an extent. And then by one hour, when I was one one hour in, I was like, "Wow, this is this is a real good um, this is a real good movie, actually." So how how did you uh, find it? I, I I thought it was good, very good. Um... To a point where I said that it was one of the first good films of 2021. And I believe that's a fact. Um, well, 
partially so for me of course um yeah i i like the movie right off the bat i i like the movie and me going in i don't i didn't know much about the stars i actually don't know much about the stars by by the stars i mean like the characters themselves um i mean i everybody knows malcolm x everybody knows muhammad ali but i went in blind which is odd uh for a historical movie like this but and since it was uh apparently it was a fictionalized version of this night uh, not apparently but it is a fictionalized version but so for me i went in you know not knowing anything really um i actually was suspecting i had forgotten that um muhammad ali's ne- original name was uh, name of birth um uh, was um cassius clay right so essentially i went in having forgotten that so that was good for me because like i was right away in the middle of the movie and when they talk about elijah muhammad right elijah muhammad i was like wait is elijah muhammad muhammad ali i was like no. that can't be doesn't sound right doesn't sound right uh so <laughs> uh, doesn't sound right and uh, yeah but he's because he's, he's, like, the leader of, of nation uh nation of islam no but like what i know is that what i knew going in is like muhammad ali or uh, wasn't born muslim right or yeah wasn't born into a muslim family and he 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 transitioned right so i was like Converts. maybe yeah converted okay um i i thought maybe he's already the leader of the nation of islam or something cuz <laughs> i didn't know much about the nation of islam besides that um muhammad ali was part of them and he eventually quit or left um yeah this is just about what i knew about them that there were some tensions here and there um yeah just it was it it was it for me so at some point i thought uh wait have we already met muhammad ali uh or are we just going to hear them uh, refer to this mysterious elijah muhammad who potentially becomes uh, muhammad ali in the future i don't know but um so yeah no but like i sort of got it towards like the third act um that no man no Cassius Clay has to be Muhammad Ali. And when it happened, when it happened, right? At the end when it happened, it just brought joy to me actually. Cuz I don't know, it felt like something that I knew but I had forgotten and just witnessing it and having been with this character for the last uh 2 hours, uh I felt like I knew him. I know it's fictional but I genuinely felt like I knew him and I just felt heavy like there's a montage at the end with a uh you know unified with a song by some cook right I just thought that one is one of the best parts of the movie right it's yeah. just one of the best parts and in that montage is where we see uh Muhammad Ali not Muhammad Malcolm X's uh, house getting uh, burned right and I thought it was strong overall but um i don't know why even after watching this movie i didn't go on google to check what happened to jim brown's acting career what happened to because i have no idea actually i actually also i actually also don't have uh, any idea right that is that is an interesting thing to me uh because i gave the movie four stars precisely because it didn't feature as much of jim brown as as the movie should have right because we've seen Michael Mann did Ali right um Spike Lee did uh Malcolm X right and then um on Netflix there was a a great documentary um last year did it add this yeah <laughs> it added in 2020 i think sometime in february or or i don't know 2020 was so was such a weird year i don't know but it aired on Netflix last year uh, it's called um, who killed malcolm x and it, it is about malcolm x and uh, the nation of islam so 
basically Malcolm X has been covered a lot. Muhammad Ali himself has covered a lot, has been covered a lot. There's a great documentary um, about uh, the fight between him and George Foreman in the then Zaire, right? Um, very, it's called When We Were Kings. Interestingly, Spike Lee uh, is one of the persons that were interviewed for that. Uh, one of the talking heads there, Norman Mailer. Yeah, actually, people should go fi- find it. It's, it's really good. So I went into this knowing who Jim Jim Brown is in terms of I know that he was a an NFL player I didn't even know he was a, he was an actor but I I got off the the movie after the credits rolled not really knowing much about him right um, so that's a uh, kind of disappointing but the fact that we don't know much what happened to his movie career I think it's um, well, I think it's 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 uh, proof enough, uh, Alex. That uh, I've never seen any Jim Brown movie. Have you? Have you ever seen any? Not that I know of. Maybe you, you I see, have. That, that's I what have. I'm saying. But I don't know if. Yeah, perhaps. But if we contrast that with um, who O.J. Simpson, I think he was in Naked Gun or something, right? So <laughs> both football players, <laughs> both quite quite prominent and, and, and famous, but maybe didn't really go anywhere. But that's something that we need to perhaps maybe go back and, and see. I was also surprised to find out that Sam Cook died very young. I was like, whoa, he died, uh, I think that year um, or the year after that, uh, the after the night in Miami uh, event. And I felt the movie should have um, maybe focused a bit more on Sam Cook and 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 Jim Brown. Let the uh, because I, I've never seen. I don't remember actually seeing a depiction of Jim Brown in a movie, uh, in a historical movie. Perhaps there ha- there have been movies, but I don't remember that. Um, but um, Aldous Hodge, who plays Jim Brown, is he, he's forever uh, a, a good actor, right? Um, what did you think about the? Because for me, the Malcolm X character comes off a bit sanctimonious, actually, as like he is the savior of the of of the black man, right? Uh, and he's basically the most uh, full of shit character in the movie, <laughs> if 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 we True. can say that, right? And True. and he challenges uh, Sam Cook, and Sam Cook says something interesting to him, where he's like, "You are talking to me like you're on TV." You know, talk to me like yourself. You, you know, so basically what Sam Cook was saying that that Malcolm X is a performer par excellence. And he performed so much that he doesn't even know know it when he's even performing, you know. So I, I found that um you know I found that very interesting. So let's go I to mean, the performances. Yeah, sorry? Th- there are some very interesting lines from there. Um uh because <laughs> While a few days ago, after you had seen the movie, I heard you say, or I saw you say that um, Sam Cook was naive. Uh, Adam, yes. what did you mean by that? Okay, yeah, I, I meant business-wise, right? Because Alan Klein, uh, who's I don't know if this might interest anybody, but he, he used to be the the manager of both the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, um, you know, and and he swindled them all of them including some cook out of money right so there's a there's a scene where sam cook is uh, okay so malcolm x is saying um you are a black entertainer and you sing primarily to white people and you do and you don't give back to the black people right and then uh, sam cook is like how how can you say that while i own my own company and have people working under me this was true sam cook did have a have have a company and people working under him, but Alan Klein is manager, the white man as as, as they call him in the in in in, in one, one night in Miami actually went back, rewrote the contracts in, in such a way that he owns you know all the publishing to Sam Cook's music, all uh, Sam Cook's um, rights and stuff like that, right? And of course, Sam Cook dies kind kind of early, so he he didn't get a chance to fight for it. So that's why that's what I mean. Or meant by saying that Sam Cook is actually, um, or was naive actually. But Alan Klein uh, swindled the Rolling Stone, even even the Beatles, right? So 
he he was a bad person uh, generally, right? So that's what I meant by him being uh, naive, not uh, but on an artistic I, level or a personal level. Yeah. No, no. Even, even I, today. I, I, yeah. Sorry. I thought the the points he pointed out there were were, were quite strong. From yeah, they were, I, I thought they were strong. I he said some very valid points there around. Of course, uh, of course, of course. Uh, around like being black and art and an artist and being black and being an artist at the same time, and the idea that Malcolm X felt like he had to be, he had to make songs about the struggle and stuff like that, and just, it, I mean. The, the, that point around uh what's that guy dylan bob dylan yeah bob dylan yeah he's a he's a Nobel prize winner actually for literature yeah so that point around bob dylan making a struggle song and as a white man right and i feel like that was a very 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 i know it was a turning point in the story itself and it was it was a gut punch. I think I, it was a gut punch, and it brings up it brought up a lot of questions. I mean, even in today's world, right? Uh, the idea that who like who gets to tell whose story, right? Because what he was doing, he was telling somebody else's story, and and he was uh, he sold more record on that. So the idea that black people have to limit themselves to to sort of fit in into this system that presumably doesn't cater for black people or black artists like if you were to make a movie as a black person you have to um to to let me let me not even say as a black person let's say as a south african right as a south african myself if i were to make a movie or a movie that sort of um you know is of the taste of commercials um you know commercial audiences right i have to pander to the big markets like the american markets and the european and stuff like that and i'll have to limit my voice in doing so so that it could appeal to those people so that i could make a lot of money there and make a lot of money in general so essentially uh them right the westerners the americans and the europeans can do can come to south africa and make a movie about south africa about something that a south african could have done but because they are south african it it, it wouldn't have um uh sold as much i think we have seen a lot of uh those kind of examples and uh i have uh, seen a lot of people complaining about um, American actors portraying South African uh, heroes and stuff like that. I think it is about the same, sort of the same where I am struggling, but the guy with the money, right, dictates what story gets told. And if the guy with the money says, hey, uh, actually, stories about people from South Africa is mm, something that you will have to see and you would want to see. And the audience will say, hey, yeah, suddenly I'm interested in seeing this. But if the person who owns the story, not necessarily own, but like they have um, um, uh, a relation, a close relation and an understanding to what, to their story, essentially it is their story. Uh, if they were to say, "Hey, I want to tell this," uh, they might not get, they might not even, they might not even get funding. Or, I mean, at best, the movie will bomb uh, at the box office, right? Stuff like that. So I, I thought it was a very good point, right? So where people with access, people with access, um, can do whatever they want. They literally can do whatever they want, even things that. Um, I mean, essentially, I think I just thought about this, but essentially, what I'm talking about here is sort of cultural appropriation, where, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, indigenous uh, or non-Western cultures are frowned upon, but uh, the moment a Westerner uh, 
uh, adopts or appropriates the culture, it becomes fashionable. And now suddenly this is something that everybody wants to do. So, yeah, um, that's it. I think it 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 talked about that now i i like that point i i like that moment in this film i i you know what? love it i can i can see why why you would love it right and 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 identify with it right i i i do not think it's you know it strays or goes too far uh or goes to too far by mean like going as far as you know cultural appropriation right i I think that moment speaks to the market generally because Sam Cooke himself has reservations, right? Um, has reservations about being, you know, this um, this protest, uh, this protest singer, right? And and I think the question then becomes: Was Malcolm X, um, you know, was Malcolm X actually asking uh, Sam Cooke to only sing struggle songs, or? Was Malcolm X actually just saying, do something like a change is going to come? Of course, a change is going to come comes later uh, because uh, Blowing in the Wind, the Bob Dylan song actually did realistically, in truth, inspire Sam Cook to go out and, and, and make uh, something like a change is going to come. And you know what um, What ended up happening? happening? The change is going to come was not, um, was not m- as marketed as um as previous singles of um of by Sam Cook actually right but I, I do not think I do not think that is a difficult thing to ask of an artist to say you are an artist you are black so you need to represent your uh you need to represent your your demographic actually your your community the community must hear you see you feel you actually you know within them um in that sense and and i guess you we can take that argument or what michael max was saying to hip-hop and um all the these other artists who definitely don't speak up when something happens right they're trying to safeguard their their purses as it were and i and uh i understand it right but um if you stand for nothing you know what, what are you as a you know as, as as an artist the fact that bob dylan's song uh from his second album actually uh comes out and it is seen as 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 um to be part of the uh, civil rights movement the struggle um and so many black people were surprised at like why would a white person write so um you know so much um but an interesting or so well about the black experience an interesting thing was the the song "Blowing in the Wind" was in, was inspired by an old Negro spiritual, actually. So even the the harmonies and 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 and, and the like w- was were taken from the Negro Negro spiritual. So when you speak of uh, you know cultural appropriation, perhaps then those um, you know those accusations can be leveled um, against uh, Bob Dylan. But from a market perspective, it was was more acceptable for the liberals uh, to accept uh, being spoken down at by a liberal person themselves, right? So so it's like, there's this thing where if if I'm racist, right? If I'm racist and another... Another another person. If in fact, if we are all racist and there's three of us here, and we are talking about um, all of us being racist, right? It's easier for us to actually accept the fact that we are racist uh, rather than being told by a person of another race. So if a black person tells a a, a white person that they're racist, you know it. Um, especially the, to the people that don't want to. Uh, say accept um, the idea of um, white privilege. Let's say let me not say racism, but say the fact that white privilege exists and it's a reality, right? Uh, to people, white people might not ad- admit it to themselves. Um, some might admit it when they're talking to themselves, uh, but when a black person says it, he's pulling the race card or so on, so on and so forth. So I guess the the market at the time was like, okay, the white person is. One of our own is actually saying we should, uh, you know, we should 
let go of the separate but equal type thing. You know, Jim Crow laws are bad. Um, but had Sam Cook uh, done that song, he probably would have lost bookings, right? Because you know there was a there was a time at a club where the the in the movie itself actually there's a in the cabana um, there's a, a white woman with with a husband who who said something like the song Tammy. Uh, she liked it when the original artist sang it. Um, you oh know, yeah, I found that really. Yeah, that was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> you are so racist, right? So the the market is from a financial standpoint, actually. Although the Bob Dylan song was very very successful and he made a couple of thousands of it, um, I don't think the market would have been as receptive um, uh, to the song. Although uh, Malcolm X would have would, would have loved, uh, you know, what Sam Cooke eventually did with the changes going to come. I don't think the the Billboard charts or any the song would have would have charted had, um, you know, had it been released at the, at that particular time. So yes, I do agree with you that there is a um, a level of um, privilege afforded to white white artists when they go. Uh, the struggle route, and not necessarily black people when they go to go the the struggle route, um, you know. So, yeah, man. I I I think Leslie Odom Jr. actually did uh, justice to Sam Cooke. I th- he's it's it's one of my favorite performances from the uh, from One Night in Miami, uh, precisely because right you could hear that the songs were actually sung by Leslie Odom Jr. Right? They were no, it, it wasn't like um, I was actually worried when I when I was watching it uh, because I I wondered whether Sam Cooke was actually going to sing. Well, Sam Cooke in character, and whether they were going to use lip syncing because I know with Sylvie's love, um, uh, they didn't play trumpet. The guy who was playing the trumpet did not play the trumpet very well, right? So, what other kind of conversation actually? Uh, caught your attention, uh, Alex, because I know you said um, the Malcolm X uh, stuff about art and cultural appropriation, as you say, uh, caught your attention. What else caught your attention? Um, there's a it's it's a small moment. It's a small moment, but that moment about um, colorism, right? I oh yes, that yes, yes. caught I my that. attention Brown, so right? much. Jim yeah. Brown, yeah. Yeah, and that Malcolm X. Jim, yes, that Jim Brown and Malcolm X moment about charism, it caught my attention. Of course, I wasn't alive back then uh, uh, during the struggles of the civil rights, of course. Uh, that's a given, of course. Uh, but it made me think, I thought about it a lot after seeing the movie, actually. And just how, how it was, right? Like how it... It was for them, right? Um, uh, and what he says, uh, the idea that um, uh, uh, Malcolm X is light-skinned, right? And um, him, right? Him being so vocal about everything. Uh, is it because he's trying to prove that uh, he is within the struggle of all black people trying to prove to them that hey actually I'm with you or he's trying to prove something to the white people or so essentially he was say he was saying that um well I mean you guys experience racism as do we but you are also perpetuators if there's such a word um you perpetuate uh colorism or you practice colorism within the community itself so in a sense you are segregating an already isolated community uh which he was saying that you know maybe this light-skinned people being so being the being the one that are more vocal about uh, injustice and thing um maybe some sort of uh, guilt of sorts i don't know but I felt like that was an important part of the movie, um, considering that you know we know yes. that the effects of, the effects of colorism are still mm. are still rooted within society even now, yes. right? 
And yep. I felt like it was a very important conversation. And I think even now things as conversation like that could should be had, right? Should should be Definitely. Should I be agree. had. I agree with that, yeah. You know, it's um when you when you're speaking of, of colorism, right? I'm thinking specific maybe not specifically, but um I'm thinking of a moment last year. Um I don't know whether it was last year or 2019, uh, Talib Kali, the rapper, um, was accused of, of colorism um, because he had made a comment um, about a, a woman on Twitter and stuff. He, Talib Kali subsequently left Twitter and started a Patreon and stuff where his so-called real fans, in air quotes, can talk to him and, and, and stuff because apparently black men... Um, are beyond reproach, right? So you can't <laughs> you can't criticize you can't criticize a black man, especially a black man who's popular, uh, because they're always right. So that that those were those were questions of masculinity and um and, and, and colorism as well in the in the black community about uh well perpetuated by hip hop artists, male artists, uh, you know, generally. Uh, and I think it came from I think Talib Kwali was commenting on what 50 Cent had said. Um, uh, and then there was a thread about the the wives, you know, of black athletes uh, that even when they're black, they are light-skinned and so on and so forth. So when Jim Brown speaks to, uh, to Malcolm X about that, he speaks to, he's basically speaking to, to their fearlessness. A, a, a particular... So he's saying to them, you have a, a particular privilege, right? A light skin privilege. You guys are so fearless because you get everything. Um, you know, the looks, you you are automatically respected because you are light skinned. You may be black, of course, like I am, right? And other people might discriminate um, against me. But you will get um, uh, an outmost praise. Even some black people might discriminate against me, Jim Brown says. But you are are quite okay. So he's speaking about, I think, a fearlessness, and and, uh, uh, and not necessarily that they 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 are far beyond uh, you know reproach and and, and 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 they're so powerful than you know than dark skinned men, right? Um, and and I think yes, I do agree that it is a conversation that must be had. Um, because, yeah, man, you know, light-skinned, um, dark-skinned people specifically are, are viewed um, still as a curio. So, like, when you would see a dark-skinned model even these days, like, they are, you know, they're propelled to, to such higher heights, uh, they get such praise because they don't, because the industry is not, you know, geared towards the... I don't want I don't want to use the word promotion, but it's you know it's still even rare to this day, uh, you know, to see dark skinned, um, you know, people in the mainstream. Although we may see them every day because we actually live amongst you know black communities. So I think that conversation for me was um, was 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 really interesting, uh, and also the the question of black masculinity um, because the instantly when when jim brown goes into the room he's like i'm just i'm just trying to get some pussy right and then malcolm x is like nah you know that that is not going to happen here we're just gonna sit here and we're gonna um i don't know whether he says we, we're gonna talk but they eventually they eventually actually sit and um you know and and talk about the world and and, and their issues um and i there was there was a particular brotherhood there Alex in 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 one night in Miami that I don't often see in um in 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 in, in predominantly black uh settings um you know if 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 there's a brotherhood then they are drug dealers if if there's brotherhood then they're mostly kingpins or pimps and I'm thinking here specifically of um David Simon's show the um the one on HBO Oh, the deuce, the deuce. Yes, the deuce, right? So, so you do get these black men who are friends, but they are friends in, uh, in oppressing women, as it were, right? Because they're like pimps and they beat up these women 
and do nasty things to them right even in, on a show like the wire there's a there's a lot of uh, you know um soldierness let's all be soldiers but they soldier in crime as it were right maybe maybe those you know depictions suffer from the fact that they they were depicted by white men but here i liked the there was a bit of nuance as well on the conversation about religion um because they 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 speak about you know whether um, whether you can actually change um when you enter into in, in, into a religion and there's a question that they ask one of the the bodyguards of um of Malcolm X whether he would have joined um you know when, when he was young or something he said yes you know oh whether he had any regrets and he said i regret not joining i wish i, I joined the nation of islam when i was younger you know so i found that very interesting so how did you find the discussion around religion alex because i, I know your views about specifically oh, uh, in the depiction yeah the depiction of of that idea of uh, because I, 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 um muhammad ali is going to convert and he feels betrayed when Malcolm X tells him he's leaving the nation. Um, okay. I, of course, I, I mean, I, I felt like it was, uh, I, I, I felt like Malcolm X was being very manipulative because he was, he didn't come clean at first with it. Like the idea that he was recruiting him because he was leaving, right? So now he was, he thought about, essentially it's like, I'm recruiting you, you are famous and I'm starting something big. So I want traction here. So, yeah. and legitimacy. So essentially that's, that's bad. That's a bad look. You, you can't do that to somebody without them knowing. They have to know. You have to be transparent with what you say with what you yeah whatever you you do and considering this is somebody tr- um converting right that's big that's very big you, you don't just lie about these things and it was very manipulative i i didn't like that i at the maybe it's fictional maybe it's true but whether it's fictional or true i don't like that i did not actually it is it is, it is quite well, i don't know when you say true or, or fictional or what is but the no but the, the idea that he didn't know that he was leaving when he recruited him oh yes i i i, I think that has some th- that has some some level of truth to it yes um yeah i don't think i don't think he knew yeah and because interesting when i'll let you finish now but there's um there's a point where he's like i want you beside me realistically in the real uh actually i wanted to go to youtube and search and search for that video i don't know whether that announcement was actually made uh, before or after Malcolm announced that he was leaving the Nation of Islam. But continue. Oh yeah, um, you know, I just had a thought actually um, <laughs> about that colorism thing, right? Because it is very, very depicted in the film that Malcolm X's wife is very dark-skinned, right? Yeah, Betty Chappelle. Yes. Uh so I feel like that you know that moment when Jim Brown said that my my, my mind immediately went to the wife. I was like, uh, Jim Brown says that the woman, the light-skinned woman looked down upon even the uh dark-skinned men. They looked down upon them. I was like, uh then when he asked him the question, I was like, huh? Did he marry a, a dark-skinned wife because uh, maybe that's some cause correction of sorts? I don't know. Interesting, 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 interesting idea because um, I don't know how true this is, but um, Malcolm X is mixed um, and he had uh, red hair or some form of red hair, actually. I Ginger? I, I do not know. Um if I've only seen him on on black and white uh, video and photos. Oh yes, 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 yes. Apparently, right. So I don't know whether I'm I'm correct there, but he di- he has um 
he, he he had a hair color actually besides black um uh, you know apparently so uh, and he's mixed i, I don't know whether he, that that's true or or it's hinted at at at, at, at the in in the Spike Lee biopic that he that he may be that he may be mixed so that 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 the question of blackness then comes out that okay here's a prominent man in the nation of islam a pre- predominantly black um organization if not holy black uh, you know organization that pushes black excellence and he's a mixed man right who advocates for blackness proper and white people are, are the devil as, as as he calls them so does he feel black if he has a, a black man uh, if he has a some white lineage inside him he he might be trying to to make it up yes so your theory alex might be makes sense to me makes sense actually oh yeah um i i just went off course there we, you were talking about something you you asked me a question you mean when no, I mean, like, before I brought up the Malcolm X wife um, idea, I, I I thought you said something. Oh, I actually I actually don't don't remember what I said. Um, yeah, okay, but... I don't remember. Yeah, um, but I think you did answer. I, I think you did answer the question, yes? Uh, because I, I said something about the conversation. Right? Like oh, okay. Like, the conversation uh, caught your attention in the movie, yeah. And you... Yeah. Oh, um... Yeah, um, for me, the, the, the performances were, were, were good. Um, like I said, I told you this, but uh, for the ones, for the characters that I didn't know much about, um, so they didn't have much to live up to, really. Uh, so, yeah, um, the, the guy who plays some cook, it didn't, and Jim, uh, and Aldous Hodge and Leslie Autumn Jr., right? They didn't yes. have much to, to live up to. Really, because I had no idea of. Oh, you mean history? You mean they had to live up to history, like portraying their characters in a truthful okay. manner yeah. or in a in a in a convincing manner? Because I don't know the the, the characters themselves. So, uh, really, I for see. me, I they did a good job. I I actually have seen uh, Aldous Hodge in um, a lot of other stuff, but I haven't seen Leslie in all. I have seen him, but he was in underground, right? You saw underground. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't there. But I, I don't remember much. He was there. I, I remember. Mm-hmm. You're right. Actually, I do remember that. Uh, he just reminded me. But at yes, the time, no. I had I'm, forgotten. I'm I'm a pro black person. I love it when <laughs> black actors appear anyway. Um, no, you know. I had forgotten. <laughs> I had forgotten that uh, I have seen you somewhere, but I, I don't remember where. Yes. But yeah, no, uh, no, no. It wasn't an attack on you, man. Uh, he's also in Think Like a Man, I think, or Think Like a Lady. Think. No, it's it's not think, think like a not man. Think like a man, but the you know Mel Gibson did a movie where um, what, what men want. Oh yeah, what, what women want. want. Yeah, Mel so, Gibson, I think, did what women want. And yeah, then yeah. P. Henson is in what men want. What. Anyway, it's a sequel. <laughs> Erika Badu is in it. Sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm confusing the two. But yeah, what women want and what men want, he was in one of them. I think he was in what men want, the Tarachi P. Henson one. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, that's the one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I. I didn't think they had much to live up to, really, because I, I didn't know much about the characters. But I, yes. I think they did a very good job. I, wow, very good job. But with um, Kingsley Benadir, I think he did an awesome job. I have seen him in High Fidelity, which we have reviewed here on this podcast. Of course. I, of course. Of course. I mean, I, wow, he just, he was Malcolm X for me. He, he, wow. Wow, um, I <laughs> I feel like we should have the battle of the Malcolm X's with uh, oh, wow. Denzel Wash, Wash, wow. Washington, right? Um, but it, it, yeah, when he, you, he, interesting stuff because there's a, another depiction of Malcolm X in um, the Harlem um, um, series, right? The, the Godfather of Harlem, Gangster of Harlem. Um, Godfather of Harlem, the, the one with uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yes, yes, uh, the one with the one about Bumpy Johnson. There is a depiction yeah. of 
um, of Michael Max as well in that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I so see. we could we could have a battle of the Michael Max, but I think <laughs> I think the real Michael Max wins out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean like the Malcolm X? Yes, of course. He okay. is the. He's the original one, right? No, <laughs> so he wins. He wins any contest, any contest. Uh, but I do understand that you're saying the people that played him, right? Um, yeah, yeah, the people that played him. And there was a bit of controversy with the Spike Lee movie, right? Um, I think with, um, I think in the Jewish community and their portrayal in the movie um, and stuff like that. So yeah. Oh, um, I, yeah. I I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. But I I. I, I like it. I, I I really enjoyed this film. Um, I I really I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like because I because I generally love music, right? Um, I loved uh, Leslie Odom Jr.'s um, you know, portrayal of Sam Cook. I didn't know much about Sam Cook, but he does seem like um, an extravagant figure because he was I think in a Ferrari or a. Uh, sports car and stuff like that because there's a, a line where he's like yo you and your expensive cars or me and my expensive cars i don't i don't really recall how, how the line went but there was um talk a bit of that he's a an exuberant figure and he is and he was quite arrogant because he's like have you ever made um this much money from a show and he's like i have made that much money you know from um uh from a show i'm so the music when 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 there's a there's a part where Malcolm x narrates the Leslie Odom Jr. or the Sam Cooke performance at a um at, at at a concert where his band left the stage in Detroit or Boston was it Boston yeah must have been Boston and he he sings a cappella and the the crowd right uh, claps and stuff and uh, that's 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 a brilliant scene because the way it's shot he, he actually towers above the audience. Right, so he's like this big giant, you know, singing out to the audience. I think that was brilliant, right? And then there's um there's the there's the part that you mentioned as well when the movie ends and he's singing on the Dick Cavett show or um yeah on 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 some show. Uh, it, it's a it's a late night, uh, you know, television. Might have been Johnny Carson, was it Johnny Carson? I don't know. I I don't know much. I, I wasn't born then, but it was um. A late night show. Interesting, right? When he when when Sam Cook um sings that song four days later or some days later, I think the Beatles um have their performance on in America and people go crazy. Um but anyway, I the Sam Cook um performance there was really powerful because it's interjected with uh uh, Elijah Muhammad welcoming um, Muhammad Ali, the Malcolm X's house being bombed. Um, yeah, and it's really uh, good. and Jim Brown on a set. <laughs> oh yes, Jim Brown on a set uh, on on a set, uh, denouncing or announcing that he's actually quitting the NFL to focus more on his movies. Yeah, and, um, I played that about three times after the movie, and I didn't know that this was the last time the movie was ending because when I check. It has like six minutes. So I thought, okay, there's going to be like some sort of resolution, right? So I played it. It finishes, rewound it, played it again. And then by the third time, I just let it play. And then there's a quote that ends. I think a Malcolm X quote or something. I was like, whoa, this is a good movie, man. This is this is some nice stuff. So I, I enjoyed it, man. I also like the fact that it's not beholden to history so much that, you know, they have to show us uh, that, you know, you know, Cassius Clay's birthday, you know, his wives or his girlfriends and, and, and stuff like that. They're just focusing on that one one particular night. And uh, yeah, I just, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I Because it's based off of a play, right? And yeah. I could just, I could just imagine the play uh, being really brilliant, right? Really, really True. brilliant. Right? True. It's a, it's a good, it, it, it's, a, it's a good movie, man. It's not... Hamstrung by the fact that it's based on or inspired by, by, by true events, I think. I think more and more um, uh, biopics, if, if, if we might call this one, need to be like that. You know, they need to be as dynamic, you know, as nuanced, um, you know, have 
have people challenge each other actually because we don't really see celebrities challenge each other they usually just agree um, you know with each other a lot okay um i think that brings us to the end of this episode um yeah uh it was wow one of a lengthy one yeah uh yeah uh you can find us on twitter you can find me at alex kokobane it's alex k o k o b a n e um you can find gabelo at at gabelo uh, mutubi that's k a b e l o m u t u b i and yeah you can come follow me check my check out my letterbox there there's a, a couple of great uh, reviews um couple of thoughts as well there uh, you can follow us as well for some great recommendations because we do recommend shows uh to watch oh yeah uh, okay uh and yeah if you are on apple podcasts please uh leave us a review and leave a comment there rating are they called reviews or ratings i don't know whatever they are called but yeah you can uh, you can review show some love show some love yeah show some love and yeah, show some love definitely uh leave us a review and that will be it till the next episode Thank you.